Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are joined by Ryan O'Halloran. He is Advancement and Marketing Director for Knox, a green community building organization in Hartford. Good morning to you, sir. Happy Sunday morning to you. Happy Sunday morning. Let's start with a description of Knox and all the different programs that fall under it. Yeah, so well, ho- hopefully we don't keep you too long on just the overview. Uh, but Knox has been around for 51 years. We were started by a woman named Betty Knox, uh, who was one of Hartford's first city councilwomen. And when she was on council, she noticed that anytime the city got into some budget challenges, green things and parks and things like that became an underfunded priority. So when she passed, she left a very significant amount of money to A, steward Hartford's greenery, um, and B, do some really just bring civic life to the city. So some of Knox's early earliest projects were funding a community garden in Keeney Park. Uh, they had the New England Fiddle Contest, which has come and gone, but is legendary uh, to, to people who remember it. Um, it's kind of a barometer of if you were a hippie in Hartford, if you remember the Fiddle Contest. Um, and flashing forward over 45 years of history today, uh, we are Hartford's leading green community building organization. We're a nonprofit. Uh, and taking you through our programs really quickly, so we can dive in later, we plant trees in Hartford, usually between 500,000 a year. We manage 20 acres of community gardens. Uh, we run the first urban incubator farming program in Connecticut, uh, and that is going smashingly. And we have an environmental education effort. So in Knox's history, one of the big things we did was work with Hartford schools. And in the early 90s, um, they decided to focus more on math, science, reading, things like that. Um, but in the past few years, seeing that nobody has stepped in to fill that kids hands in the dirt gap um, we, we've stepped in and really started providing that again within Hartford and then we also put the planters out downtown and the way we do that and frankly a lot of the green work Knox does is through two big ideas uh, the first of which is Knox is huge on helping what the governor would call second chancers um, we we just call young adults who who need an extra hand up um, that they've had a few hiccups in their lives when they were young and now they need help really joining the workforce and having a productive adulthood um, so we provide intensive green jobs training on a variety of fronts. Um, we provide a lot of employment opportunities for unemployed Hartford residents. And then the second way we get this ama- massive amount of work done is we actually work with over 3,000 or 4,000 volunteers a year. Um, and that includes school kids. That includes some of the great corporations that are in Hartford or in the surrounding area. That includes civic groups and really anybody else who just wants to lend a helping hand. Let's start with the incubator farming program urban farmers in hartford you've been providing food for a few years now for the farmers markets and you have plans to expand very much so um so i don't know if you're aware of this um but hartford's demographics are obviously different than the rest of connecticut 
and Hartford's farmers market community has been growing for a while. And one of the pieces that's really been missing from it um, is what is ethnic produce, um, and that's callaloo, that's tomatillos, that that's some of the the crops that people who have come here from Cuba, um, from Puerto Rico, from the West Indies, these these are the crops of their homelands and what they're used to eating. So whether we're talking about healthy eating, whether we're talking about economic empowerment for new residents in our community who are trying to make a go of things, um, that, that there's a lot of people out there who love to grow food. And if we can help a few of those people really scale up and, and become farmers in Hartford, that that has what I like to call a triple bottom line. Um, so number one, there's a whole lot of vacant land in Hartford that you could grow food upon. Um, right now, it's not doing anything and could be immediately put to productive use. Number two, um, you're creating economic opportunity for relatively new immigrants to the city um, who are some really cool people and can bring a lot of value to the dinner table. And number three, um, that there is this you know healthy eating obesity discussion that is ongoing. And one of the one of the missing pieces of this when we talk about especially providing food in the neighborhoods of Hartford is, are we even providing the veggies that people care about? Um, and so with, with, I think this is a giant step forward on all three of those items. And the biggest piece is, can we as a community bring it to scale fast enough? What are some of the differences and challenges that urban farmers face as opposed to those who, who might be farming in more rural parts of Connecticut? Well, I think when you hear about urban farming, you often hear about it in New York City. Um, and New York City is obviously a very different city than Hartford. Um, they, they have very little supply of land, so they're doing a lot of indoor growing. They're doing a lot of rooftop growing. They're doing a lot of hydroponics and aquaponics. And those are all awesome, great things. They're fascinating, and in, and in some ways, they are the future of farming. In, in Hartford, it is mostly about finding somebody who's willing to give us the land. Um, then you have to make sure the land's not contaminated. Um, you have to make sure the land's secured and there's irrigation there. Um, and then, obviously— you need all of the money to build out the fencing and the irrigation and, and all of the pieces that make a farm run. Um, so I would say that that is right now the biggest limiting factor to our program really driving forward as fast as it can um, is that we actively need more land. So when we train six farmers, and honestly, in a given year, if six people come into the program, I would say that that two or three of them decide by the end of the year they want to be farmers. Um, some people just want to go back to their community garden plots and make a couple thousand, five thousand dollars on the side doing this. Um, but every year, there's a few who say, "This is this is my life. Um, I can really tend to the earth and tend to my neighborhood by growing food." And we want to be able to find two, three acres for each of those individuals um, to start farming in Connecticut. And you know, it's like any small business; it takes a while to start up. So, so we are hopeful um, that that various community partners, various individuals, will step up and say, "We're behind this farmer, and we're behind local food in Hartford." This must be fueled in large part by the demand, the ever increasing demand, it seems, for people wanting locally produced food. Yeah, I the. The numbers are in on this. Local food is much better for you. Um, it is much better for the environment because it doesn't have to travel from across the United States. Or, for instance, uh, I bought some lemons a few weeks ago and they were from China. Like I don't even know how you get a lemon all the way to, to Connecticut and it's still okay to eat. Um, and so th there is there are huge environmental implications from this. There, there's a lot of discussion you know, around can this contribute to the local economy and a dollar spent with your farmer next door is a lot better than spending it with the farmer in China. But, but third of all, local food is just flat out better for you. Um, it has higher nutrient density. Um, it tastes better because it's fresher. And, and it 
I, I can't see the local food wave stopping, especially because there, there's no way gas prices are going to go down in the next 20 years. Um, I, I don't think anybody's expecting to really reduce the price of oil. So if that that's the main that's probably the main cost you're paying for when you buy lettuce at the grocery store. It's not the actual lettuce. It's the, to get it halfway across the world. We're in the middle of winter, but it's important to point out that you don't shut down for the winter time. You are still growing things, aren't you? Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, well, a, I'd say that that we Knox's fundraising and marketing team occasionally does stop, um, but our farm manager Chelsea Morrison really does not, and um, she has been working with our incubator farmers all winter. Um, they're growing in an unheated hoop house, so they're growing what what can grow in relatively cold weathers, um, leafy greens, things like that. Um, they're also in one another greenhouse on our property uh, where they're starting a seed lanes for spring, so they're already they already have their pop crop plans ready to go. And third of all, um, that they are growing some some basic crops to be, keep meeting demand. Uh, most of Hartford's farmers markets shut down in the winter. Uh, but one of the cool things Knox did this past summer, we piloted and it went really well, is, is we had a, a mixture of a farmer's market and a farm stand at our property in Hartford. So on any given Monday or Friday afternoon, you could swing by and our farmers would have their, their stands set up. They would have produce for sale right there. But then the coolest part, is you could actually walk back with them into the field. You could walk back with them into the hoop house and pick your crops right off the vine with them. Um, you could pick the exact tomatillos you wanted, um, and that that was that was just an amazing experience for anywhere to see that happen and to see our farmers develop relationships with customers. So everybody, you know, we'd have the same people coming back every week, the same people supporting them. Um, that that from a business perspective, it was awesome. But from a from a community perspective and just from a the way food should be. Um, it was miraculous to watch. One of your other initiatives is environmental education in Hartford Public Schools. What does that include? Hey, it includes a lot of partners. Um, all of Knox's efforts include a wide variety of community agencies, corporations who are funding this, government agencies who are funding this. Um, the city of Hartford has been a huge supporter of our work. But <clears throat> Within the environmental education program, there's a long history behind this, um, where Knox really was the the green educator of Hartford up until the early 90s. And at that point, Hartford schools, probably rightfully so, um, said, we really need to make sure we're getting our kids ready for a basic level of college. And so they focused on that. And, and now the Hartford school system is doing a lot of great things and ready to take on more challenges and teach to the whole child. And as part of that, um, Knox has been working with a few community agencies, specifically Compass, um, also the Police Activities League. Um, we're even in one um, private free day school in Hartford Trinity Academy. And what, what we do generally is we have an awesome curriculum. Um, we will go to a school. We'll work with partners or funders um, to potentially help build out garden beds. And then we'll be in the school maybe once a week, um, maybe twice a month, providing usually two hours of education um, to Awesomely, I think it's it's not so much. Here's how to be the greenest, um, you know, most sustainable, least impactful person. It is that that's part of it, um, but it's much more. Here's how to critically think about these issues, kids. Um, here, here's you know the things that we value as as individuals, um, and here's why. A good example would be. Knox does this really cool tree tree subset of the curriculum, um, where the first first uh, twenty minutes of the day. 
is you actually learn to do tree yoga with the kids. So these are like second graders. And you got the kids um, actually waving like a tree, doing various yoga positions full, pulled from various schools. But, but it's an active activity, so it kind of breaks them out of the learning school day. It gets them kind of moving, using their whole body to think. And, and from there, we read them um, Emily Peterson and Lauren Little, who are uh, Knox's past and present education team, created something called Guys Guides, which are these storybooks um, that actually teach kids a variety of lessons, including just reading um, through these storybooks. And once they read the book, it's called Mr. Timber's Treacherous Trek. Uh, they then actually go on to do a play acting class where one kid pretends to be a tree and there's two kids who are actually going and pulling the branches off the tree. And this is, this is all safe by the way. Um, but they're pulling the branches off the tree. They're pretending to pull the bark off the tree. And the fourth kid shows up and says, Hey, why are you doing this? Um, and they do a little anti-bullying exercise where, where the tree is the one getting bullied. And it, it's, it's a simple exercise, but, but it's a way to teach kids that, that all life, needs respect um, and all life needs care. And, you know, one of the not, not to completely change topics to another program of Knox's, um, but, you know, we, we do work with young adults in Hartford who have had, had some challenges. And often because of that, that they've they've really hardened up their emotions, that they're going to show you a pretty hard front. And when we take them out into the greenhouse, whether it's a second grader or a 20 year old, to see them actually start working with the plants, to see them actually taking care of these living things, um, to see them getting their hands in the dirt. It is a magical thing um, that they all of a sudden become nurturers. Um, they, they realize that they're part of a much wider world that they're a part of. Um, and so that's, I think, one of the main pieces of envi our, our environmental education program. It's we want to train the next generation of critical thinkers. We don't necessarily want to train the next generation of Greenpeace. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Ryan O'Halloran. He is Advancement and Marketing Director for Knox, a green community building organization in Hartford. Knox has a presence in many spaces. You mentioned the thousands of volunteers, but how many employees do you have? That's a good question. So we have at any given time of year between 20 and 40. And then at the end uh, and the reason there's that differential is we hire up seasonally. So we have full-time jobs and we have seasonal full-time jobs. And then in addition to that, um, there's on any given day about 10 or more young adults um, who are part of the Mayor's Youth Corps. We're starting a new workforce development program in March, which we're hiring right now. So moms, if you're a Hartford resident um, and want to get your kid involved in green life, please do have them check out Knox's website and come over for an interview to join what is one tier of our Green Jobs Apprentices program. And um, that, that's, yeah, it, it is a relatively small team to be functioning in every neighborhood of Hartford as deeply as we are. One of the other areas that Knox is involved in is the Climate Action Plan, which was recently enacted by the city of Hartford. It takes into account the feedback of more than 200 stakeholders, including Knox. And one of the six components is actually food and food security. And, and I guess that goes hand in hand with one of the missions of Knox. Very much so. Again, food, food is in some ways how we all converse. Um, so the fact that Knox has had a community garden program that now covers 20 acres in Hartford or more is, is a big thing. Um, we have 400 families working with us that are actually growing over 
if they had to go buy it at the grocery store, um, the replacement value would be about $400,000 worth of food, which is astronomical for a city of Hartford size and a community gardening program. Why is it important for Knox to be involved in something like the Climate Action Plan? First, we should acknowledge that in the lead role is really the city of Hartford Sustainability Office, the mayor of Hartford, and the head of the city's planning and zoning commission, Sarah Bronin, uh, that they put together a very impressive variety of stakeholders that include major corporate investors, it includes um, utility companies, and it includes green experts from throughout the state. Um, so they brought together a truly great class of people to create this plan. Um, Knox is a relatively small piece of it, and I, and I sat on the, the council as it was being created. And I, I think that, A, it's very important for Knox to be a part of this plan because the plan is only as great as the actions that follow. And everybody involved acknowledges that the taking care of the world's climate and Hartford's piece of that is going to be the work of many. And one of the things that the group is doing right now is starting to break apart the plan and say, who's going to do this? Who's going to do what? And most importantly, how can we all support each other doing these actions? So on February 15th, uh, Knox will be holding a working group with the city of Hartford at, at our offices at 75 Laurel Street to start breaking apart actually the um, the landscape and water piece of it. And that that is going to be when we take a look at the plan, say that the plan, it says, we want to plant 2,500 trees a year in Hartford. Uh, the reason it's 2,500 is because even at planting 1,000 trees a year, we're basically not making ground on the tree canopy. And we could do a whole nother show on the many benefits urban trees uh, create in any community anywhere. Um, it is fascinating. But, but to take you through it really quickly, they reduce stormwater runoff. If you feel like you pay too much in heating and energy bills, plant a tree next to your house as it grows up. It will actually provide shade in the summer and break the wind in the winter. Uh, there are fascinating studies coming out of major cities that show that one of the key drivers, uh, not one of the key drivers, but a, a key spike in crime happens when heat occurs. And what if we actually work at cooling down the communities where, where this heat happens? And from a, from a less dire perspective, uh, there have been studies that show that I, I don't know where um, your, your office window looks out uh, where, where you work, but in mine looks out on a parking lot. And it's really funny because our executive director looks out on a garden. And based on all the studies you read, he should be a much happier person on a day-to-day -day basis than me. Um, so, so there is nature heals. And there's, there's psychiatrists out there. There's doctors out there right now prescribing people to go spend an hour, two hours, once a week just in the woods. If you live in a city, you have to reconnect to the natural rhythms of the world. I know New York City's tree program is quite extensive. And when they plant a new tree in a neighborhood, it comes with a tag and everything with care instructions and, and, and other tips for making the, the tree thrive. Is that one of the places you get your inspiration for your program here? Yes, they, they do many things very, very well. Um, and they, they market the program very, very well. Um, I, I would say in terms of holistic tree care, Hartford could go up against anybody. Uh, that we have an amazing partnership with the city of Hartford Department Department of Public Works. Um, they have created a volunteer tree commission um, that helps guide all of this. And we've had the backing of every political leader in the city for a long time on this. That, that really, it is a very clear choice that trees are a great investment across a variety of metrics. Um, and I think what, what makes it so fantastic is, A, we should acknowledge that we have a wonderful city forester, Heather Dion, and that all of these pieces working together. Um, so we're complementing the maintenance with where the plantings goes. There's people at DPW and at the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection 
actually kind of looking at maps from a heat mapping perspective. So where's the hottest parts of the city? Where are the parts where you can plant um, and absorb the most stormwater runoff? Where, where are trees most needed from a variety of different perspectives, but ultimately where's this tree going to best help the community? And the fact that we're all working on that piece together, as well as taking care of an urban forest is a lot of work. Um, you know, if, if you have a forest out in the woods, you don't really need to do much with it. Um, in a city, you have to think very carefully about how a tree grows up. Um, I, one of the things I, found, I didn't find out of this till this year, um, the, the best arborists that the city work with, including Heather, I mean, can actually look at a 30 foot tall tree like a bonsai tree and they can say, we're going to shape this. We're going to make this tree look exactly how we want it. And if done properly, when they get to a tree, when it's only eight, 10 feet tall, they can make a few snips here, a few snips there and cause a world of difference for how that tree grows up. Speaking of heats, people later this month have an opportunity to party in a greenhouse in Hartford. It is your urban greenhouse party on February 23rd. What does that involve? It involves everything, and it is the most amazing night. Um, it is. As guys, we don't always love planning parties. I love doing this every year, and I love doing this with Kayla Angeletti, who's actually sitting right next to us and does an amazing job putting all of the pieces of this together and promoting the heck out of it. Um, but started eight years ago. Honestly, the idea was Everybody at Knox and our entire community of funders, supporters, volunteers gets, gets a little bit squirrely in the winter. We all need to get outside. We're all like, when's spring coming? And so as part of that, we're like, let's just get a keg and open up the greenhouse for a night. We'll turn the heat on. We'll bring some plants in. It'll be awesome. Um, so our, our boss, Ron Pitts, actually has a greenhouse office house where he has a lot of tropical plants. In addition, a lot of the local growers in the area uh, let us borrow their plants for a day. And the first year, it was just that. It was a keg, some food in a greenhouse, and about 100, 120 people show up. Word got out, and it got wild. And so for the past seven years, the party has sold out uh, to over 300 people. And it is now includes partners such as Nightfall, our presenting year-long sponsor, Aetna, um, a variety of other community and corporate partners um, who are really behind the event. And it is a one-of-a-kind night in Hartford and perhaps even in Connecticut. There's a fantastic DJ. Um, there's still great food. And uh, I think I should mention that since the theme this year is Under the Sea, that A, our lighting designer, um, has never been happier. This is He has been waiting his whole life for this moment um, to, to really make the greenhouse look like it is submerged in water. And then beyond that, uh, we, we have a great partner in Ann Coverley who holds Nightfall in Hartford, but it's a, it is a once a year puppet spectacular of human and actually giant sized puppets um, who put on a play for children and adults alike. And she works with us each year to bring some of her characters, perhaps create some new characters and, and add that extra bit of spice to the party. Um, I would say that the theme of, Every year is it's a party in a greenhouse, and that's unique enough. Um, but we do try to come up with something special just just to give people something to dress up with and keep coming back. Um, what, what I'm, I think, most personally proud of about the party is it is, A, it's, it's a substantial fundraiser for Knox, and it's a big part of how we raise the money to do what we do. Uh, but B, it is, it is somebody where everybody comes as they are. Um, you will see political leaders dancing with neighborhood activists like nobody's watching. And at some point, if we're really going to start solving Hartford, Connecticut's, the world's problems, we, we've got to look at each other's people um, and we've got to start being human. So, 
So is it sold out yet? Are tickets still available? <laughs> we are. We have passed the halfway mark. Um, we we our goal is to sell it out two weeks in advance. It usually sells out about ten days in advance. Um, but you can get your tickets at www.knoxhartford.org. It is a pretty cheap ticket price again because we want people to be able to afford it. We don't want this to be an exclusive suit and tie thing. Uh, so it's forty dollars in advance, um, and we we do post that it's fifty dollars at the door. But I imagine tickets at the door will not be available. Okay, in our last 30 seconds, if people hear this this morning and want to get involved in Knox, you are a nonprofit. If they want to help out, how can they do that? Yeah. Um, so, so A, I mean, if there's somebody out there who's really, truly inspired, just, just give me a call. Uh, 860-951-7694. And I, we, in terms of a donor or volunteer, we're always happy to talk. Um, or even if you need a little plant advice, we're always happy to talk too. Um, but, and you can also check out our website. Uh, you can check out us on Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter. Basically, just type in Knox, K-N-O-X. Um, we have a growing Instagram presence. One of the things we didn't cover is that Knox has some beautiful lady chickens um, over at the site who make a great appearances on our Instagram account. And honestly, I think if there's... If there's one thing I haven't covered about Knox, it's that that we, we'd love for you to join us because we want to bring the joy to charity work. Um, we we want to be a bright spot as you know we continue to move through Hartford and take on bigger and more exciting projects. That that the thing we want to do most is is do it with joy. Um, we we need to bring fun to the world. He is Ryan O'Halloran, Advancement and Marketing Director for Knox. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.